You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hey guys, welcome back to Bible Plus. We're on Mark chapter 10 today. And Mark at first reading seems to be a uh, disparate collection of um, isolated stories that, that don't bear much relation to each other. But hopefully today, after we uh, spend a few minutes in this chapter, we see how this fits uh, together as a as a unit and how it fits into Mark uh, Mark's overall purpose in structuring his gospel in this way. So let me just zoom out real quick, and we're going to do three things today. We're going to look briefly at the structure of Mark as a whole, see how this fits in. Uh, to Mark's structure. We're going to look at um, what is the main point of chapter 10, which is entering the kingdom. It's a discipleship chapter. It's a chapter where the Lord is training disciples on how to live in view of entering into his kingdom. And then we're going to look at number three, how to do that. So the structure of Mark, the uh, way of discipleship to enter into Christ's kingdom, and then how do we do that today. So Mark is um, sometimes hard to get a grasp on the structure. So Mark structures his gospel in uh, terms of a chiasmus, and that's a, a word probably most of you guys haven't heard, but it's, uh, it comes from the Greek letter for X, essentially, and it's half of an X. So if you think of half an X, it's essentially a kind of an, an arrow, uh, an arrowhead, and it starts on the outer core, goes to an inner core, and then comes back out uh, on that bottom left leg. And this is a very common biblical structuring uh, format to emphasis a, a core central central point that what comes before and comes after it um, leads into and develops from. So Mark is structured like this, half of an X. And you can think of Mark of, of having just five sections, the beginning of the gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 through 13, the gospel service, which we've been looking at, chapter 1, verse 14 through eight twenty-six, And then the core section is the revelation of Christ's person and work. That's chapter 8, verse 27 through ten fifty-two, the end of our chapter today. Then the fourth section is the redemptive service, 11, 1 through sixteen nineteen. And then the very last verse is the spreading of the gospel, chapter 16, verse 20. So five sections, the beginning of the gospel, the gospel service, the revelation of Christ's personal work, the redemptive service, and then the spreading of the gospel. You see how Mark leads us from Jesus's initiation of the gospel through his service in the gospel, a service of a, you know, the, the servant, slave, savior, ultimately culminating with the core of Mark's gospel, this section from 827 through the end of chapter 10, in which he finally answers the question, who am I? Remember, he's this whole time they've been wondering, who is this? Who 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 can still the storm? Who can cast out the demons? Who teaches with this authority? And then even with the heal, the uh, the feeding of the 5,000, the 4,000, they did not understand. Their, their hearts were hardened. They couldn't see who they were following. And, and as soon as somebody saw something, Jesus would silence them, say, tell no one about this. And that's leading to this core revelation at the center of Mark's gospel of who is Jesus. In chapter 8, he finally 
unveils himself as the Christ, as the Messiah. That was 829. And then as soon as we get a revelation of his identity, we get a revelation of the paradoxical nature of the Messiah's mission, which is death on the cross and, of course, resurrection. And in the core of this section, 827 through 1052, Jesus unveils three times, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, die, and be raised. I'm going to go to Jerusalem, die, and be raised. And the disciples can't see this. They can't grasp this. Even at one point, they discuss among themselves what rising from the dead could be. It's, it's really kind of hilarious. But again, the, the, we read these stories kind of with the assumption, oh yeah, Jesus rises, raises from the dead. They had no conception that this was even a possibility. And they, it was unthinkable that the Messiah, the promised Christ, coming to bring in God's kingdom would be, would be killed, be murdered by God's own leaders, the leaders among God's people. So, but this is the core of Mark's gospel. He's structuring around it. This he's structuring his gospel around this central revelation that Jesus is the Christ, and part of his mission is to die on the cross for our sins, to be raised from the third day, and to bring in God's kingdom uh, that way. And we know that because at the end of chapter ten, one of our theme verses, ten forty-five, Jesus links his death on the cross with his service. And the ransom, he says, I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So that's the core of Mark's gospel. Um, now, one more thing about the structure. Mark only has two extended teaching sections in chapter 4 and in chapter 13. Chapter 4 is an extended teaching block on the meaning of Christ's first coming, which was to sow the seed of the kingdom into God's people as the human soil of our hearts so that it could grow and develop to God's kingdom. And Mark 13 is about Christ's second coming, which will bring in the kingdom in its manifestation of glory. So chapter 4 and 13 about are about the two comings of Christ in relation to the kingdom of God. So do you see the structure of Mark? Beginning of the gospel, gospel service, revelation, the person and work of Christ, then the redemptive service, he actually goes to Jerusalem, dies on the cross, and then he sends out, sends out those disciples to spread the gospel that he has accomplished. And in chapter 4, we've got his first coming to, to bring in the kingdom in its reality. Chapter 13, his second coming to bring in the kingdom in manifestation. And then that brings us to this last part of the course section of Mark's gospel, chapter 10. That is, having seen what Christ has come to do and who he is, we need to follow him and be trained as disciples to enter into the kingdom today. So let's real quickly look at this chapter. We've got four uh, issues that radically affect, fundamentally affect our disciples, our, our life as disciples in entering into the kingdom. And it's related to marriage. It's related to our oldness and our attitude and opinions and pride. Uh, Jesus says you got to receive the kingdom like a little child or you can't enter it. Uh, that's verse 15. So there's that key thought of entering into the kingdom. Then we've got our relationship to money, specifically our trust in money. Verse 23 and 24, Jesus talks about riches. Having riches and trusting in riches is... Uh, is a possibility, it could potentially hinder and frustrate our entering into the kingdom. He says it again there, that, that language, enter into the kingdom. 
And then we've got, fourthly, the matter of ambition. And this last section, Jesus asked James and John, what do you want me to do for you? They want position in his kingdom, and they're ambitious to to uh, have a position in glory. And Jesus turns that concept on its head and says, if you want to be great, you need to be the least of all and the servant of all, just like I came not to be served, but to serve uh, ultimately with my life. So Mark 10 is a training for disciples in view of the kingdom and specifically in view of how do we enter into the kingdom. It's not just a matter of our faith in the gospel. It's a matter of our, it's a matter of our following Christ, not just our believing in Christ, but our following Christ, which is a matter of not just our repentance and faith, but it's a matter of our discipleship. And so what this shows us is the kingdom is very intimately related to how we live our lives in the most practical of matters. Marriage, divorce, our lust, our pride, our attitude, our oldness and our opinions and not being like young, fresh, eager children, receiving, you know, very easy to receive things, our trust in our money, our our unwillingness to follow Christ in a radical way, you know, um, and our ambition for a position. And so these are these are issues that really hit home um, in our American Western kind of learned culture of, you know, how to think about marriage, how to think about, you know, pride and advancing your cause at the expense of others, uh, money, the, the accumulation of money, the security of money, the trust in money. Uh, we live in a com- consumerist, consumerist culture, obviously. And then our am- ambition, our climbing the ladder and uh, clamoring, you know, to get to the top for our, our own name and our own glory. This chapter cuts all of these, in a sense, westernized American, individualistic, self-autonomous, consumerist values. It undercuts them and says following Jesus is to live in a radically different way than maybe our culture has taught us. And this is essential if we want to follow Christ and enter into the kingdom. So I hope you see what Mark is doing in chapter 10 and how it fits into his overall purpose of writing his gospel. If we see who Christ is and the paradoxical way he accomplishes his ministry through death on the cross and his resurrection, then we can follow him in union with him and also dying to ourselves, like he says at the beginning of chapter 8, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. We get concrete application for what that looks like in our life in chapter 10, and that is related to our entering into the kingdom. Okay, lastly, how do we do it? Mark 10 gives us some really key encouraging secrets. How can we do this? Uh, This is a high standard related to marriage, our attitude and our oldness and our opinions and our knowledge that prevents us from being like children, our trust in money and our ambition for position. How can we not fall into those snares and how can we be enabled to enter in the kingdom? Well, a couple of verses in this chapter really help us. Verse 27, I love this verse. Jesus looks on his disciples and says, With men, this is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. So the first thing is we need a vision of the impossibility of doing these things in ourselves, and the radical possibility of all things with God. So the first thing is we need to be driven into a 
desperate union and a clinging to and a calling on God and a dependence on God. And we will realize that these things become possible in our experience. Number two, we need a vision of the coming age. Verse 30, I love this verse. It says, um, Jesus mentions that, you know, one motivation to do these things is for his sake, for the gospel's sake, and with the realization that there is a coming age and an inheritance. So, realizing that this age is not all there is will motivate us to deny our self in this age in these in these matters and give up certain things related to what our culture might tell us how to live because we realize there's a coming age in which God's kingdom will be here and there will be an inheritance that will motivate us to live in this age in a certain way in light of the joys and rewards of the coming age with the coming kingdom of God. And then number three, um, number three, this whole section of, of Mark from chapter eight to chapter 10 is bracketed by the healing of a blind man at the beginning and end, chapter eight and chapter 10. And what this is saying is the third thing is we need the Lord to serve us by healing our sight to see the, you know, to see who Jesus is and what he's come to do. And seeing that will, will capture us, will enrapture us and realize that being with Jesus and following Jesus, even when it costs us and it causes us to deny ourselves, is worth it because we see who he is and what he's doing. Um, and so that, that brings us uh, to the end of chapter 10. So we've got how, how Mark 10 fits into the structure of Mark's gospel. It's part of this core section on seeing Christ's person work and following him as disciples. And it's specifically about entering into the kingdom. And how do we do that is seeing that all things are possible with God, seeing the significance of the coming age in our life today in relation to it. And number three, seeing who Christ is and having Christ serve us by healing our blindness so that we can see the the value and worth of following him above all else. So that's Mark chapter 10. Hope you enjoyed that, guys.